section thirty two of the great events by famous historians volume six this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by avai in february two thousand twenty one the great events by famous historians volume six edited by charles f horn rossiter johnson and john rudd founding of the house of habsburg a d 1273 by william cox part two during this time the discontents in ottokar's army increased with their increasing distress he was threatened by the approach of the hungarians toward the austrian frontiers he saw his open troops alarmed dispirited and mutinous and he was aware that on the surrender of the capital rudolph had prepared a bridge of boats to cross the danube and carry the war into bohemia in this situation surrounded by enemies embarrassed by increasing difficulties deserted or opposed by his nobles his haughty spirit was compelled to bend he sued for peace and the conditions were arranged by the arbitration of the bishop of olmutz the elector palatine and the burgrave of nuremberg it was agreed on the twenty second of november twelve seventy six that the sentence of excommunication and deprivation which had been pronounced against ottokar and his adherents should be revoked that he should renounce all his claims to austria styria carinthia carniola and windish mark that he should take the oath of allegiance do homage for the remainder of his territories to the head of the empire and should receive the investiture of bohemia moravia and his other fiefs an article was also inserted by which ottokar promised to deliver up to ladislaus king of hungary all the places wrested from him in that kingdom to cement this union a double marriage was to be concluded between a son and a daughter of each of the two sovereigns rudolph engaged to give a portion of forty thousand marks of silver to his daughter and as a pledge for the payment assigned to ottokar a part of that district of austria which lies beyond the danube the peace being concluded the city of vienna opened its gates and readily acknowledged the new sovereign ottokar was obliged to submit to these humiliating conditions and on the twenty fifth of november the day appointed for doing homage crossed the danube with a large escort of bohemian nobles to the camp of rudolph and was received by the king of the romans in the presence of several princes of the empire with a depressed countenance and broken spirit which he was unable to conceal from the bystanders he made a formal resignation to his pretensions to austria styria carinthia and carniola and kneeling down did homage to his rival and obtained the investiture of bohemia and moravia with the accustomed ceremonies rudolph having thus secured these valuable provinces took possession of them as fiefs reverted to the empire and issued a decree placing them under the government of louis of bavaria as vicar-general to the empire in case of his death or during an interregnum he at the same time established his family in the austrian dominions by persuading the archbishop of salzburg and the bishops of passau freising and bamberg 
to confer on his sons albert hartmann and rudolph the ecclesiastical fiefs held by the dukes of austria his next care was to maintain the internal peace of those countries by salutary regulations and he gained the affection of the nobles by confirming their privileges and permitting them to rebuild the fortresses which ottokar had demolished to superintend the execution of these regulations he fixed his residence at vienna where he was joined by his queen and family in order to reward his retainers he was however compelled to lay considerable impositions on his new subjects and to obtain free gifts from the bishop and clergy and the discontents arising from these measures probably induced ottokar to attempt the recovery of the territories which he had lost although the king of bohemia had taken leave of rudolf with the strongest professions of friendship and at different intervals had renewed his assurances of unalterable harmony yet the humiliating conditions which he had subscribed and the loss of such valuable provinces filled him with resentment his lofty spirit was still further inflamed by his queen cunegunda a princess of an imperious temper who stimulated her husband with continual reproaches he accordingly raised obstacles to the execution of the treaty and neglected to comply with many of the conditions to which he had agreed rudolph desirous to avoid a rupture dispatched his son albert to prague ottokar received him with affected demonstrations of friendship and even bound himself by oath to fulfil the articles of the peace but albert had scarcely retired from prague before ottokar immured in a convent the daughter he had promised to one of the sons of rudolph and sent a letter to the king of the romans filled with the most violent invectives and charging him with a perfidious intention of renewing the war rudolph returned a dignified answer to these reproaches and prepared for the renewal of the contest which he saw was inevitable he instantly reoccupied that part of austria which he had yielded to ottokar as a pledge for the portion of his daughter he also obtained succors from the archbishop of salzburg the bishops of passau ratisbon and the neighboring prelates and princes and collected levies from austria and styria for the protection of vienna in an interview at hainburg on the frontiers of austria with ladislaus king of hungary he adopted that prince as his son and concluded with him an offensive and defensive alliance unwilling however to trust his hopes and fortune to his new subjects many of whom were ready to desert him or to allies whose fidelity and attachment were doubtful he applied to the princes of the german empire but had the mortification to be disappointed in his expectations he was joined by a few only of the inferior princes but many who had not taken part in the former war were still less inclined to support him on the present occasion several gained by ottokar either remained neutral or took part against him those who expressed an inclination to serve him delayed sending their succors and he derived no assistance even from his sons-in-law the electors of palatine and saxony on the other hand he was threatened with the most imminent danger for ottokar who during the peace had prepared the means of gratifying his vengeance had formed a league with henry of bavaria had purchased either the neutrality or assistance of many of the german princes 
had drawn auxiliaries from the chiefs of poland bulgaria pomerania and magdeburg and from the teutonic hordes on the shores of the baltic he had also excited a party among the turbulent nobles of hungary and spread disaffection among his former subjects in austria and styria in june he quitted prague effected a junction with his allies directing his march toward the frontiers of austria carried drosendorf after a short siege by storm and descending along the banks of the taia invested the fortress of la rudolph convinced that his cause would suffer by delay waited with great impatience the arrival of a body of troops from alsace under the command of his son albert but as these troops did not arrive at the appointed time he was greatly agitated and disturbed became pensive and melancholy and frequently exclaimed that there was not one in whom he could confide or on whose advice he could depend his household and attendants partook of his despondency to use the words of a contemporary chronicle all the family of king rudolph ran to confessors arranged their affairs forgave their enemies and received the communion for a mortal danger seemed to hang over them the citizens of vienna caught the contagion and began to be alarmed for their safety seeing him almost abandoned by his german allies and without a sufficient army to oppose his adversaries they requested his permission to capitulate and choose a new sovereign that they might not be involved in his ruin roused from his despondency by this address rudolph prevailed on the citizens not to desert their sovereign he confirmed their privileges declared vienna an imperial city animated them with new spirit and obtained from them a promise to defend the ramparts to the last extremity at this period he was joined by some troops from alsace and swabia and particularly by his confidant and confessor the bishop of basel at the head of one hundred chosen horse and a body of expert slingers this small but timely reinforcement revived his confidence and although he was privately informed that his son albert could not supply him with further succors and was advised not to hazard an engagement with an enemy so superior in number he resolved to commit his fortune to the decision of arms turning then to the chosen body newly arrived he addressed them with a spirit which could not fail of inspiring them with courage and gave at the same time the most flattering testimony to their zeal and fidelity remain he said one day at vienna and refresh yourselves after the fatigues of your march and we will then take the field you shall be the guard of my person and i trust that god who has advanced me to this dignity will not forsake me in the hour of danger three days after the arrival of the bishop of basel rudolf quitted vienna marched along the southern bank of the danube to hainburg crossed that river and advanced to Machek on the banks of the Mach or morava where he was joined by the styrians and carinthians and the forces led by the king of hungary he instantly dispatched two thousand of his hungarian auxiliaries to reconnoitre and interrupt the operations of his adversary they fulfilled their orders with spirit and address for ottokar roused by their insults broke up his camp and marched to jedensberg within a short distance of weidendorf whither rudolf had advanced 
while the two armies continued in this situation some traitors repaired to the camp of rudolph and proposed to assassinate ottokar but rudolph with his characteristic magnanimity rejecting this offer apprised ottokar of the danger with which he was threatened and made overtures of reconciliation the king of bohemia confident in the superiority of his force deemed the intelligence a fabrication and the proposals of rudolph a proof of weakness and disdainfully refused to listen to any negotiation finding all hopes of accommodation frustrated rudolph prepared for a conflict in which like caesar he was not to fight for victory alone but for life at the dawn of day august twenty sixth twelve seventy eight his army was drawn up crossed the rivulet with gives name to weidendorf and approached the camp of ottokar he ordered his troops to advance in a crescent and attack at the same time both flanks and the front of the enemy and then turning to his soldiers exhorted them to avenge the violation of the most solemn compacts and the insulted majesty of the empire and by the efforts of that day to put an end to the tyranny the horrors and the massacres to which they had been so long exposed he had scarcely finished before the troops rushed to the charge and a bloody conflict ensued in which both parties fought with all the fury that the presence and exertions of their sovereigns or the magnitude of the cause in which they were engaged could inspire at length the imperial troops gained the advantage but in the very moment of victory the life of him on whom all depended was exposed to the most imminent danger several knights of superior strength and courage animated by the rewards and promises of ottokar had confederated either to kill or take the king of the romans they rushed forward to the place where rudolph hiding among the foremost ranks was encouraging and leading his troops and herbert of fullenstein a polish knight giving spurs to his horse made the first charge rudolph accustomed to this species of combat eluded the stroke and piercing his antagonist under his beaver threw him dead to the ground the rest followed the example of the polish warrior but were all slain except valens a thuringian knight of gigantic stature and strength who reaching the person of rudolph pierced his horse in the shoulder and threw him wounded to the ground the helmet of the king was beaten off by the shock and being unable to rise under the weight of his armour he covered his head with his shield till he was rescued by berchtold capillar the commander of the corps of reserve who cutting his way through the enemy flew to his assistance rudolph mounted another horse and heading the corps of reserve renewed the charge with fresh courage and his troops animated by his presence and exertions completed the victory ottokar himself fought with no less intrepidity than his great competitor on the total rout of his troops he disdained to quit the field and after performing incredible feats of valour was overpowered by numbers dismounted and taken prisoner he was instantly stripped of his armour and killed by some austrian and styrian nobles whose relations he had put to death the discomfited remains of his army pursued by the victors were either taken prisoners cut to pieces or drowned in their attempts to pass the mark 
and above fourteen thousand perished in this decisive engagement rudolph continued on the field till the enemy were totally routed and dispersed he endeavoured to restrain the carnage and sent messengers to save the life of ottokar but his orders arrived too late and when he received an account of his death he generously lamented his fate he did ample justice to the valour and spirit of ottokar in his letter to the pope after having described the contest and the resolution displayed by both parties either to conquer or die he adds at length our troops prevailing drove the bohemians into the neighbouring river and almost all were either cut to pieces drowned or taken prisoners ottokar however after seeing his army discomfited and himself left alone still would not submit to our conquering standards but fighting with the strength and spirit of a giant defended himself with wonderful courage until he was unhorsed and mortally wounded by some of our soldiers then that magnanimous monarch lost his life at the same time with the victory and was overthrown not by our power and strength but by the right hand of the most high the body of ottokar deformed with seventeen wounds was borne to vienna and after being exposed to the people was embalmed covered with a purple pall the gift of the queen of the romans and buried in a franciscan convent the plunder of the camp was immense and rudolph apprehensive lest the disputes of the booty and the hope of new spoils should occasion a contest between his followers and the hungarians dismissed his warlike but barbarous allies with acknowledgments for their services and pursued the war with his own forces he took possession of moravia without opposition and advanced into bohemia as far as Kolin. the recent wars the total defeat of the army and the death of ottokar had rendered that country in a scene of rapine and desolation wenceslaus his only son was scarcely eight years of age and the queen cunegunda a foreign princess was without influence or power the turbulent nobles who had scarcely submitted to the vigorous administration of ottokar being without check or control gave full scope to their licentious spirit the people were unruly and rebellious and not a single person in the kingdom possessed sufficient authority to assume and direct the reins of government in this dreadful situation cunegunda appealed to the compassion of rudolph and offered to place her infant son and the kingdom under his protection in the midst of these transactions otto margrave of brandenburg and nephew of ottokar marched into bohemia at the head of a considerable army took charge of the royal treasures secured the person of wenzelslaus and advanced against the king of the romans rudolph weakened by the departure of the hungarians and thwarted by the princes of the empire was too prudent to trust his fortune to the chance of war he listened therefore to overtures of peace and an accommodation was effected by arbitration he was to retain possession of the austrian provinces and to hold moravia for five years as an indemnification for the expenses of the war wenceslaus was acknowledged king of bohemia and during his minority the regency was assigned to otto rudolph second son of the emperor was to espouse the bohemian princess agnes and his two daughters 
Judith and Hedwig, were affianced to the King of Bohemia and to Otto de Less, brother of the Margrave. In consequence of this agreement, Rudolf withdrew from Bohemia, and in 1280 returned to Vienna in triumph. Being delivered from the most powerful of his enemies, and relieved from all further apprehensions by the weak and distracted state of Bohemia, he directed his principal aim to secure the Austrian territories for his own family. With this view he compelled Henry of Bavaria, under the pretext of punishing his recent connection with Ottokar, to cede Austria above the ends and to accept in return the districts of Scherding, Neuburg and Freistadt as the dowry of his wife. But, though master of all the Austrian territories, he experienced great difficulties in transferring them to his family. Some claimants of the Bamberg line still existed. Agnes, daughter of Gertrude and wife of Ulrich of Hoinburg, and the two sons of Constantia by Albert of Misnia. Those provinces were likewise coveted by Louis, Count Palatine of the Rhine, and by his brother Henry of Bavaria, as having belonged to their ancestors, and by Meinhard of Tyrol, from whom he had derived such essential assistance, in virtue of his marriage with Elizabeth, widow of the Emperor Conrad and sister of the Dukes of Bavaria. The Misnian princes, however, having received a compensation from Ottokar, withheld their pretensions, and Rudolf purchased the acquiescence of Agnes and her husband by a sum of money and a small cession of territory. He likewise eluded the demands of the Bavarian princes and of Meinhard by referring them to the decision of the German Diet. In the meantime he conciliated, by acts of kindness and liberality, his new subjects, and obtained from the states of the duchy a declaration that all the lands possessed by frederick the warlike belonged to the emperor or to whomsoever he should grant them as fiefs saving the rights of those who within a given time should prosecute their claims he then entrusted his son albert with the administration convoked on august nine twelve eighty one a diet at nuremberg at which he presided in person and obtained a decree annulling all the acts and deeds of Richard of Cornwall and his predecessors since the deposition of Frederick II, except such as had been approved by a majority of the electors. In consequence of this decree, another was passed specifically invalidating the investiture of the Austrian provinces, which in 1262 was obtained from Richard of Cornwall by Ottokar. Carinthia having been unjustly occupied by Ottokar, in contradiction to the rights of Philip, Archbishop of Salzburg, brother of Ulrich, the last duke, the claims of Philip were acknowledged by Rudolf, and he took his seat at the Diet of Augsburg as Duke of Carinthia. On the conquest of that duchy he petitioned for the investiture, but Rudolf delayed complying with his request under various pretenses and philip dying without issue in twelve seventy nine the duchy is cheated to the empire as a vacant fief rudolph being at length in peaceable possession of these territories gradually obtained the consent of the electors and at the diet of augsburg in december twelve eighty two conferred jointly on his two sons albert and rudolph austria styria carinthia and carniola 
but at their desire he afterward resumed Corinthia and bestowed it on Meinhard of Tyrol, to whom he had secretly promised a reward for his services, and in 1286 obtained the consent of the electors to this donation. By the request of the States of Austria, 1283, he declared that duchy and Styria, an inalienable and indivisible domain, to be held on the same terms, and with the same rights and privileges as possessed by the ancient dukes, Leopold and Frederick the Warlike, and vested the sole administration in Albert, assigning a specific revenue to Rudolf and his heirs, if he did not obtain another sovereignty within the space of four years. End of section 32